Welcome to the library. Feel free to get lost. This week, I'm bringing you just one piece of one of the most important poetic works in history, The Inferno, by Dante Alighieri. The Inferno is the first part of the Divine Comedy, and was originally published in 1321. Dante's Inferno is a work that has endured and persisted for centuries. It has been translated and adapted countless times. It crops up in popular culture every now and again in the form of cinema, literature, and has even made it into the realm of gaming. Sometimes, those translations and adaptations are straightforward, and other times, well, liberties are taken. I do not have the ability to speak Italian. I certainly can't translate ancient Italian. What I have here for you today is an adaptation of a translation done by Reverend Henry Francis Carey in 1814. In other words, Dante wrote it, Carey translated it, and I have made it a little easier to swallow. Or that was the intention, anyway. Whether I was successful or not, well, that's entirely up to you. This is the first canto of the Inferno. The Revision of Hell. Canto 1. Halfway in this, my mortal life, I found myself in the darkness of that once forgotten forest. I had strayed from the beaten path, lost and alone. The forest was savage and brutal, its growth unrelenting as the trees grew closer together. Its terrain was rough and uneven beneath my aching feet. In the darkness, I felt as though death was never far behind me. 
constantly at my heels, waiting for the moment it could steal my soul. Be still for the moment, and I will tell you what discoveries were to be found. I will tell you how I first entered this dark, foreboding wood, though I can hardly remember it myself. I was overtaken by a strange sadness. A weariness washed over me as a disorienting haze clouded each of my senses. It filled my lungs with apathy and great regret. It was as though I was walking beside myself, watching each step, unable to make myself turn back. The valley that towered over me on either side came to a close as I approached the foot of a large, unforgiving mountain, a titan in its own right. My heart raced as an unspeakable dread rested on my shoulders. Two large hands gripping me, pushing me down. My legs threatened to buckle, to betray me, but I would not let them break. I would not let this malevolence bring me to my knees. I persisted as the sun broke over the mountain's top, peeking out and welcoming me with its guiding warmth. I felt only the slightest respite to the fear that gripped me, the fear that nested deep within the recesses of my heart, where everything pleasant and good fought for air, struggled to survive. I tried, God, I tried so hard, but I was unable to catch it, always just out of reach, like warmth on a harsh winter's day. Staring up at the mountain in front of me, the tension and the terror continued to grip me. As I looked onward, I felt my body shrinking 
as everything inside of me remained untouched. Panic set in as the fear burrowed deeper into my brain, worming through the folds, devouring each reasonable synapse and regurgitating them in the form of claustrophobic sparks. My head was on fire as my heart continued to be pushed to its limit, struggling to keep up. I closed my eyes. I regained my composure. I took a deep breath as my body began to loosen and relax. I pressed forward. I climbed the mountain, lonely and desolate in its nature. Shortly after I began my ascent, I came across a panther. It was nimble and light, covered with a speckled skin. When it saw me, it did not turn the other way, but instead approached me. I felt a strange comfort from this beast, unafraid of the threat it posed. I did not touch this magnificent creature, but I did not shoo it away either. As the morning approached, I began to feel overwhelmingly joyous. I felt hope and love as the new day dawned. The joy did not last long as a new sense of dread surfaced beneath my soft, paper-thin skin. I could see it, wriggling around like water snakes beneath the surface of a still lake or pond. I watched as one strand of fear became two, became three, became more than I could count or even comprehend. A lion appeared, its head held high, and with a hunger-mad roar, the fear inside of me dug deeper still, penetrating my bones, creating a dull ache that at once transformed into a piercing pain. 
The giant beast was followed by a she-wolf. She was lean and full of wants and desires. The fear she brought with her overwhelmed me. Helpless. Hopeless. I cried. As I stepped back, my left foot caught the uneven ground, causing me to fall. From where I lay, I looked up and saw the figure of a man. He was talking. But even though he was mere feet away, his voice sounded distant and muffled, like the voice of a man lost at sea, far away and under the waves. Have mercy, I cried out. Man or ghost, spirit or shade, please have mercy. I beg you, have mercy. His distant watery voice became clear as he stepped closer to me. Into what little light was spared by the clouds that hung above us. I am no longer of this mortal realm, though I was at one time. Born of Lombard parents, Matuana, both by country. When the power of Julius was scarcely firm. At Rome, my life was passed beneath the mild Augustus. In the time of fabled and false gods. I was a storyteller and a poet. The subject of my prose was Anchises, who came from Troy when the flames prayed on Ilium's towers. As I stared on at the man before me, it struck me who he was. Virgil! I exclaimed. The illustrious poet, the model of my life's work. By some divine calling. Are you here to guide me? To save me from the beast that wishes me harm? The beast is ravenous, replied Virgil. Her hunger will not stop with you. She will hunt until the day she is defeated by her greyhound enemy. 
You are not safe here. But you do not need to fear these wilds anymore. I will lead you to safety. But be warned, it is no easy task. The path we take, the journey before us, is not for the faint of heart. It is perilous, and it is through the depths of hell, where sinners amass in the fire and brimstone, awaiting the day they might attain the unattainable. Salvation. It is an eternal existence, a place where shrieks of despair are carried on stale, sulfurous wind. Spirits of old are tormented to the point they long for a second death, a place where others find comfort in the flames that lick their cracked, leathery flesh. Follow me at the behest of the Almighty to the kingdom of never-ending light and everlasting love. I turned and looked at the she-wolf once more, feral and foaming at the mouth. I took Virgil's hand, and together we proceeded. <laughs>